Well, that was just an awful day down at the ballpark last night. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, April the 11th as we come off far and away the worst Phillies loss of the season. Just as bad a loss as you can suffer as the Washington Nationals just put it to the Philadelphia Phillies last night. 15 to 1 as they are just all over the Philadelphia Phillies last night. It was just rough from the jump. Nick Pavetta just gets beat around, gives up seven runs, six earned, just had absolutely nothing working last night just a really tough outing for Pavetta really just struggled from the jump you knew it was a problem gives up three runs in the first inning he uh um walked a run in at one point just a very uh a very frustrating uh first inning for walk one soda to walk run and ends up giving up an infield single that scores around was just a really frustrating inning. And then in the fourth inning, Anthony Rendon blows it wide open with a bases loaded double and um, just a, a rough, rough, rough night for our guy, Nick Pavetta. The Nick Pavetta breakout is certainly not happening yet. He ends up only going three innings, two and two, uh, three and two thirds innings, Seven hits, three walks, seven earned runs. Excuse me, I thought all, uh, I thought six were in all seven. Earned does have six strikeouts for what it's worth. Not much in this situation. And the, the rest of the bullpen wouldn't do much better. Juan Nicasio would allow two. Adubrai Ramos, three. Jose Alvarez actually gets out clean. The only one not giving up any. And then Aaron Altair gives up an earned Ron, later in the evening, we'll get to that. That was the highlight of the evening, far and away from Philadelphia Phillies' perspective. But just a uh, just a horrendous, horrendous evening. And um, really, from an offensive perspective, the Phillies unable to get anything going. Uh, it was nice to have Cesar Hernandez get a couple hits, for what it's worth, um, as he has been struggling. And he had a... a, a, a Couple hits in the game, but just a um a rough, rough evening down at Citizens Bank Park for your Philadelphia Phillies as just a um a rough I, I you know, there's really no other way to put it. They were just manhandled by the Washington Nationals last night as the Nationals now lead the season series three to two. Two rough losses in a row. I was debating which is worse. I, I feel like it's tough to I feel like it doesn't get much worse than the two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth, go on to lose the game type of loss. But last night, just having to watch that game go on and on and on, and the Phillies just fall further and further out of it all. It's three nothing, then it's six nothing, then it's seven nothing, then it's nine nothing, then it's eleven nothing, then all of a sudden you look up and. It's 14 to nothing. Then it's 15 to nothing. And you're like, what is happening? Why am I watching this? What am I doing with my life? What did I do to deserve to watch this? I think in some places it's a form of torture to have to watch a baseball game like that where your team is just getting so routinely and summarily 
owned over the course of the evening as uh look it's it's interesting in baseball because sometimes there are just nights where over a 162 game season there's going to be a point in a game where a team just essentially concedes they concede the uh the game and say we're not winning tonight and you saw Kapler do it a few spots really i mean one he doesn't pinch hit from Juan Nicasio when they're down um nine nothing uh seven nothing excuse me just looking to get a couple runs on the board aim for him um doesn't pinch hit for Nicasio then Nicasio ends up leaving Nicasio in there and uh to pitch he ends up leaving him in there to hit strikes out and then ends up uh Coming back, so it was nine nothing at that point. Excuse me, nine nothing at that point. Um, but and look, base is loaded after that. They don't get anything out of it. And and look, the point is there. He would end up pulling Nicasio the next inning. So you know you can't say that he was expecting to just leave Nicasio in there and burn that arm and try and save arms. Um, so he uh, Kapler does that. The next inning, he puts Nick Williams in. Rice Harper, he puts in Andrew Knapp for JT Romuto. That is basically just saying, hey, guys, we're not winning this game. And then ultimately, of course, the the no doubt about it, number one way that that is symbolized, Aaron Altair comes in to pitch the ninth inning. And, hey, for what it's worth, first of all, Aaron Altair, as far as position player pitchers go, one of the best I've ever seen. He was outstanding. Uh, rocking it up there at 90 miles an hour. He had good mechanics. He was able to throw strikes. He threw a couple like slider curve type pitches in there. Really impressive showing. Ends up with two strikeouts. The inning for him goes. He strikes out Dozier to lead off the inning. Gives up a Kendrick double. Guts Juan Soto to ground out. Getting Juan Soto out is something this Phillies pitching staff has not been able to do. So uh, Altair will do that. Matt Adams, an RBI single, killing his perfect inning. But... Then he strikes out Jan Gomes as well. A two-strikeout inning for Aaron Altarin for what it's worth. At that point, a game where it was 14-0 and then became 15-0. A game that everyone just wants to go home. And I knew that I certainly wanted the game to be over so that I could go to bed. And I'm sure everyone who was still in that stadium was just ready for that game and shout out to the people who did stay. There were a smattering of people who stayed till the end, and and that's a really impressive dedication. And I'm with them. I, I would never want to leave and miss the greatest comeback of all time or something crazy. But um, you know, fifteen to nothing in the bottom of the ninth. That's a uh, hardcore fan who waits that out. But um, ultimately, at that point in the top of the ninth, with Altair there, it was the first time in the whole game. Yeah, that you saw the everyone smiling. You know, everyone in the um the bullpen is smiling and he's pitching. You know, they're showing both dugouts and and Bryce Harper smiling, Kapler smiling, and even Howie Kendrick when he hit the double is like smiling at second base and having fun with it. It was just a a cool moment. I know that there are a lot of people, uh, certainly last year when the um, position player pitcher craze. Uh, hit new heights, 48 position players pitched at some point over last season. Um, I know a lot of people were upset with it and thought that it was you know, embarrassing or, or not uh, holding up to the integrity of the game or whatever argument they had. I just think that is all silly. If you watch that game last night, it's 14-0 in the top of the ninth. First and foremost, 
everyone who's still in the stadium gets to say, I, I saw Aaron Altair pitch in a game. That was pretty cool. As opposed to just saying, I saw reliever X pitch in a 14, nothing game that didn't matter. And then on top of that, it really did look like everyone in the game being a part of it was having fun with it. So I, I'm all for position players pitching. I, I prefer when it's the other team against my team, because my team's the one doing the, you know, whooping, but that was certainly not the case. Last night, one other note from last night before we uh, dive into what I'm, I'm sure everyone is going to be talking about for the rest of the day and tomorrow until they get back into action tomorrow in Miami, a series heading down there is uh, obviously the pitching staff, but I do have to mention how absolutely horrendous the home plate umpire was last night. And look, the Phillies got squarely beat and the home plate umpire did not have anything to do with that. And and to be fair, he was bad for both pitchers, both teams. But this guy had one of the worst strike zones I've ever seen in the sense that it was all over the place, no consistency and really just some pitches that were so clear. But I mean, Reese Hoskins a couple of times, like really argued with him and you don't see Reese get heated that much over things like that. And Reese was, not happy with him. I thought that on Pat a disastrous showing. I, I thought he was absolutely really just a really terrible, bad home plate umpire. And it, and it really begs the question. And and then look, I know it's something that I'm not saying robot umps or anything. Don't jump down my neck because I could feel people jumping down my neck before I even say it. And I'm not saying that because I'm not a proponent of robot umps. I understand that there's a human element to the game, but I also understand that there should be a strike zone that is at least somewhat translatable from batter to batter. And I get that some batters are taller than other batters. And I get that some batters are shorter than other batters. And I get that some guys crouch in their stance and shrink their zone. And some guys are on the plate and off the plate. And there are all these different factors to it. But I also think that umpires should be able to do a better job of being more consistent with their strike zone. And if nothing else, call the same pitches, strikes, and balls all night. I mean, which was something that we were not seeing last night. I just thought it was a, a really, really poor showing from uh, from the home plate ump. And uh, I, I think that it's something that, again, look, you're not going to um, – I'm not calling for uh, for some sort of drastic change, but – I do think there has to be some sort of more higher accountability when it comes to it. And there has to be a, a harder grading curve or whatever, or better training or, or the ability to like, yeah, like t- take umpires and go back and say, all right, you missed this one, this one, this one, you need to tighten your zone. You're calling too many inside pitches. You're calling too many low pitches. Cause it's really hard for pitchers from night to night to, know where the strike zone is and where it's going to be. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's a, the right thing for baseball to to have this kind of wild shifting strike zone from nine to night, depending on the umpire. And then especially one where the ump is so clearly wrong with where his strike zone is and should be on many pitches. It just, it doesn't feel right to what the heart of baseball should be and what you know, we're hoping to see out there. So again, I understand there's a human element to it, but in this case, I think that, uh, you know, you see certain guys who are just wildly inaccurate with their strike zone and wildly inconsistent with their strike zone. And for me, at least as a fan of baseball, it bothers me. All right, 
Coming up, we will dive into what has been the big issue so far this season. Granted, the Phillies weren't able to get much going offensively last night, but that has certainly not been the problem for this team. Scoring runs has been something they have been pretty adept at, as uh, obviously they weren't able to do it until late last night get one across, but um, they... uh, they have done a nice job of scoring runs this season. The big issue has been the bullpen. So we will dive into that coming up. The 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 pitching staff as well, excuse me. Not just the bullpen, the, the starting staff We are staff back, and Phillies, the today, bullpen. James So we will Seltzer dive into that coming up next. Uh, we stay James uh, Seltzer, incredibly frustrating loss last night. Really the last frustrating two games is the Phillies started off the series with a bang, end up losing their first series of the season. They... Um, all over the Nats in game one, uh, winning four to three. Reese Hoskins, the two home runs. Vincent Velasquez looks adequate. Um, you know, they were able to play really good baseball. And then all of a sudden, games two and three. Game two, just a gut-wrenching, soul-grudging type of loss with two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth. Excuse me, top of the ninth. Um, and you're a strike away from winning, and then you ultimately end up losing as a killer. And then last night, just getting just walloped, just beat up by the nationals. So, uh, the Phillies luckily off day today, we'll have to look important off day. They need to regroup and refocus after two tough losses and certainly one absolute monster, monster loss last night. So, um, but look, the issue so far, we all know what it's been. The offense has shown up other than last night's one run showing and granted the last few games have been a little bit more mild, but I think we all feel confident that over the course of this season cold spells will happen but that this offense isn't going to be a problem for the Phillies they're going to be able to score runs the issue is going to be the pitching and we've already seen it from a starting perspective look you know obviously it's funny to say that through uh through two turns in the rotation uh now it's beginning the the beginning of the part way through the third turn Zach Eflin has been the only pitcher we feel good about as he's been outstanding and after that You'd probably say Jake Arrieta has been the next uh, least worrisome as he had that uh, first outing where, you know, too many walks, obviously, but able to uh, able to only give up one earned run. And then the last outing, granted, they lost the game, but goes seven innings, three earned. Wasn't great, but wasn't bad. He's been at least somewhat steady. Aaron Nola obviously has been a real issue. We talked a lot about his outing against Washington the other night. And, of course, the outing against Washington in Washington. And then, man, Nick Pavetta. Not great, Nick. Nick has been a real issue so far this season. First two starts were bad. This last one last night was incredibly bad. Really just a a horrendous outing for Pavetta last night. Really couldn't get anything working. Had a couple of nice innings in between uh, getting roughed up in the first and the fourth. Um, you know, says some some strikeouts in there. Had some swing and miss stuff, but ultimately, really has struggled. And then, of course, the bullpen, especially over the last few nights, has been just a disaster. We'll get to the bullpen in a second. Let's start with the starting staff. I, I am not worried about Aaron Nola. I, I think he will figure it out. The one interesting discussion point that has brought up the last few days that I think is a, a fair point to discuss is the fact that he had about a. 50-inning jump over his previous career high last season. And that's something that you always worry about a little bit. There have been examples of pitchers who have taken a leap innings-wise and then 
regress the following season because of that large leap from an innings perspective. Um, but I still feel confident that Aaron Noel is going to get to where he needs to be. He is going to find that groove that he um, found last season. And um, I just think he's too good a pitcher. I think he's too talented. I, we've seen flashes too. I, I mean, he was pretty darn good for the first six innings and then came back out for the seventh a couple nights ago and it all fell apart. But I think Nola will figure it out. I think he'll get to where he needs to be. Pavetta is more worrisome. Pavetta is more worrisome as, uh, look, Pavetta is someone who part of the reason for the optimism and excitement for him was the belief that he would take a step forward, that he would develop another pitch, that he would do something to push himself forward from the guy who last season showed flashes of brilliance and a really high ceiling, the ability to get guys to swing and miss, uh, ability to not walk guys at a high rate. And so far, we haven't seen any of that development. We have seen none of it. He's basically the same guy he was last year and the version that was uh, the bad version as opposed to the good version. So, look, I'm. it's far too early for me to freak out about anything. Three starts into the season for either of these guys is not something I'm going to lose my mind over. If they had three starts in the middle of the season like this, we wouldn't bat an eye. It happens, but I do think there's some pressure on these guys over their next two, three starts to show some things. And less on Nola, more for Pavetta. And not pressure in the sense that I think he's going to lose a rotation spot immediately or something like that, but pressure in the sense that long-term, sure, over the course of the season, especially as we get to the deadline and the Phillies assess their needs and really decide what they want to do from a trade perspective. Um, you know, I, I think even with that, Pavetta needs to get on a roll. He needs to get that confidence back. He's a guy who, who thrives on being confident on the mound. And if he's not confident, he's not going to be his best self. And we need Nick Pavetta's best self. Um, interesting how great uh, on the, the converse side, no one really talked about the Zach Eflin breakout season. And certainly so far, far more Zach Eflin breakout season than a, a, uh, anything close to that from Pavetta. Eflin has just been outstanding. And Velasquez in his first start uh, was fine. Five innings. No walks. Nice to see. Did have some hard hit balls off him. But, you know, look, I don't think you're counting on Velasquez to be a major, major contributor in terms of, of season break or make type of thing. But the other four guys, you are. And right now, Arietta, I think, is doing more or less what you kind of hope he will be if he can continue this type of guy. Seven innings, three earned, six innings, and earn run. Those types of starts are nice. That's fine. Uh, they need Nick Pavetta and especially Aaron Nola step up. And I think they will, but um, especially Nola, I feel incredibly confident about that. But at the same time, it's certainly a, so far, if you're if you're looking for early season worries on a 7-4 team, which is obviously a good spot to be. They're 7-4, no reason to freak out. But that that's a spot where I'd worry. From the bullpen perspective, I, I obviously mentioned yesterday, we talked about it, I'm a, a believer in the idea of having a closer of having a guy you can just hand the ball to who you can trust to shut down a game at the end of it and i still believe that i'm still a closer guy i i believe that that you should have a closer that the best teams have a closer i don't remember any slash many any any examples of teams winning the world series or going super far with closer by committees i'm sure there's been one or two but it's not something that pops to the forefront of your mind and um i, I just think it's important and I do think that there is talent in this pen. I think that the struggles over the last few days have 
kind of overshadowed that there is good pitchers here. Sir Anthony Dominguez, I think, is going to be fine. He's looked much better his last two outings. I feel fine about him. I think David Robertson will figure it out. He's a good pitcher when he's on, or at least good enough. You know, he can get outs. Pat Neshek, good pitcher. Adam Morgan has been great so far this year. There are some arms you can count on, but there are also, I think, um, obviously, look, Jose Alvarez. Juan Nicasio had looked pretty good until last night. Um, Jose Alvarez. Did I mention Jose Alvarez? Um, you know, Adubrai Ramos you don't feel great about. There are a lot of guys here that you don't feel great about. Um, Aaron Altair, actually, you know, you almost feel better about him pitching than hitting sometimes. Maybe throw him out there. But uh, ultimately, I do think that this bullpen lacks the the depth it needs. And, and most importantly, again, it lacks that backing guy. And Matt Klentag actually spoke on the bullpen. Todd Zalecki had uh, an article on MLB.com about it. And um, cool on Craig Kimbrell was the feel. But uh, this is Clint, what Klentag had to say. He said, I feel really good about the construction of our bullpen. He said, I'm not blind. I know that some of our key guys have had some tough outings so far in the first 10 days. I've watched it. I know it. And some of them will have more bad outings. They're not going to pitch shutouts every single night, but I like the depth that we have. This is Clintag continuing. I'm very encouraged by the fact that Robertson and Sir Anthony have looked much more like themselves in recent outings. Neshek and Morgan look like they're back to being the best versions of themselves this year, so kind of where I was saying. Uh, and I'm encouraged that in AAA we've got Victor Arano doing things and Yildo Los Santos, blah, blah, blah. And we've got enforcements to come. Um, you know, they're not going to be perfect every night, but um, he feels good about the pen. And, and I get that. Uh, I, I, obviously, what else are you going to say? But um, I, I do think that no matter what he says publicly, they have to know that there are deficiencies on the back end of this pen. And this team is too good to have those type of deficiencies. And look, I understand that they might not want to go over the luxury tax this year. It seems like with $17.8 million left underneath it, if a Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel, especially Kimbrell in this case with the pen, um, that those guys are going to cost more money than that. And then they might not want to do that. And that's fine. I understand it. I, I personally, it's I want them to go over the luxury tax. It's not my money, but I understand it. I understand where they're coming from. Um, especially if they think that Kimbrel's cooked or if he's not going to be able to help this team enough or whatever, but then go out and trade for somebody or, or whatever. I know that, that you can wait to the deadline and they're going to try and feel this out, but this is a division that is really good. We've seen the Braves ever since they left Philadelphia go out and be great. They're seven and four. Also the nationals just took uh, two or three from the Phillies. Um, you know, the, the Mets keep winning baseball games. I think they're seven and four too as well. They're right around there. So, um, this is a spot where, uh, one game, one game could decide the division ultimately. So I think that the Phillies shouldn't mess around. I think they should go target guys. They want, whether it's Felipe Vasquez in Pittsburgh, Will Smith in San Francisco, uh, you know, Kirby Yates in San Diego teams that might not be contending and try and, you know, go get a guy who you can have under control and who can close games for you. Cause I think it's an important thing that this team is, is genuinely lacking and it's going to be an issue. Um, all right, looking ahead, uh, and we'll break it down more tomorrow, but the Phillies head to Miami. Three games set. This will be nice. They need to bounce back. Two rough losses as they will head to Miami. Jake Arrieta on the hill tomorrow night against Sandy Alcantara, a nice young pitcher for the Marlins. Zach Eflin, ace Eflin, Cy Eflin on Saturday, and then 
Vinny Velasquez on Sunday. We'll dive into that series more tomorrow as JT Real Muto makes his return to Miami. Uh, but it is a big series. Look, the Marlins aren't good, but the Phillies need to take advantage of that because they just came off two rough losses. One demoralizing at the end of game loss and one demoralizing we got our you-know-what's kicked type of loss. And bouncing back in Miami is going to be important. And I think this is a big spot for this team. And I'm, I'm happy Arietta has the ball tomorrow night i think he's the right guy for this spot someone who can kind of stabilize things who's pitching well enough to go into miami i think and and shut them down either way we'll dive more into that and a whole lot more tomorrow heading in to a weekend of baseball in miami so thank you for listening to phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network